This is the DevSecOps Days Podcast. DevSecOps Days Podcast is supported by OWASP, dedicated to enabling organizations to conceive, develop, acquire, operate, and maintain applications that can be trusted. And with support from the Sonatype Nexus platform, allowing companies to automatically control open source risk. All right, we're here at DOS 2018. I just saw your guys' session. Um, you know, after dealing dealing with you guys for the last couple of years, we're old friends, old friends. <laughs> dealing. Dealing with you guys. The big one here that stood out for me, the new one, was who is your adversary? And to say, is it the auditor? I mean, that, that was new to me. Is it your security team or is it the bad guys? Because most people play to the auditors and the security team. Yeah. And it's a, it's a shame because really when we start thinking about um, adversaries in general, why are we making it so that anyone inside your organization is anything other than friend? Um, you're there to perform a function, to make uh, better capabilities. If you're using software to make revenue, it's to make your software more resilient. But because of how most organizations operate to be competitive, you see competition between I have to get something done and ultimately this person's holding me up. And so that speed with confidence is really a, a huge part of the perspective that, that I've even come to learn this year. Well, and we see that combined with we always try to solve security suffers from this problem where we try to solve for all possible badness and so we suffer this uh, mentality that like we can if we just had a a perfect software uh, and we we do so by illustrating uh, all the uh, all the the controls and and, and audit and compliance frameworks and things like that yet what is the real problem we want to solve it's not we don't necessarily need to have perfect software don't we we don't need we need that. We need software that's going to be able to um, defend itself against the adversaries that we actually have, the, the bad things that they will actually do with your application, uh, at least to, to some sort of um, more customized understanding of it to your application rather than just sort of this generic list of all the, the million things that could possibly go wrong. Yeah, when we talk about building safe software, we talk about we're going to experiment with pushing things live multiple times per day, right? And in the same scheme, there's some belief that you can do that perfectly every time. And it's completely an interesting mindset to me because we're saying that we might not get it right multiple times per day with our customers. We may have to change. We may have to learn from it. So we're we're saying that we're willing to learn in terms of building software. But then when it comes to security, there's some magic fairy dust that everybody thinks that a security practitioner has or whatnot that they can predict exactly what the bad guys are going to do at the time they're going to do it and that they can actually provide that prescription to make your software inoculated against bad guys. It just seems really um, strange. I mean, it's a little bit of a double standard. It's also a... Uh, it is how security has positioned itself, though. So the, there is a... Uh, just to take a counterpoint on that, I think security has sort you? of... You? Yeah, no. <laughs> counterpoint? <laughs> no. You know, developers have kind of been given the magic fairy dust spiel. They've also been scared and annoyed and, you know, had to deal with the audit and compliance um, structure that's that's have been levied on them in some, some of their, their roles in the past. So th- there needs to be 
maybe we should join forces with like developers and yeah. security and and, and I think that's true. kind of feedback that telemetry about like what our adver- who our adversaries are what they're actually going after and um, the capabilities that we're building inside of our app to like kind of provide insight into that so yeah it's interesting because I I grew up being a developer first and then eventually a breaker and um, as I kind of grew up in this industry one of the things that has struck me that's totally like I thought about it recently totally interesting was I grew up when firewalls didn't exist and you had basically BBSs and you had dial-up and you had a whole bunch of things that were kind of different than we have today and where I'm going with this is back then you know, there wasn't as much to lose. And now that we have things that are actually running our day-to-day lives, we have so much more to lose. But the thought process that kind of started out with the invention of the firewalls is that somehow we could create rules and business logic that would say, these are the customers I want and these are the abuse cases I don't want. And then along the way, it was determined that abuse cases would be somehow farmed out to this whole separate team and that you'd create a silo between the makers and the breakers, if you will. Mm-hmm. And it kind of became eventually a turf war where the breakers were like, yeah, that's great, except for you're making software, but you're not even thinking about your abuse right. cases. How do I get your time and intention around it? And the makers were like, yeah, we need to actually get customers <laughs> solved for. But there was never any time for the abuse cases. And now what we're really trying to do is go back to when that was created in the first place and really kind of erase the line and say, no, I'm sorry, but if you're building software, you need to know both your use cases and your abuse cases. Now, you might not have the time to study your abuse cases in detail, and that's where having a security practitioner who understands how to find those things, illuminate it, and provide data to them to do their job becomes kind of an addition and a value towards building resilient software. That jumps directly into James's point where he said you can't secure new application technology with legacy AppSec. Shannon mentioned this earlier. Back in the old days, like, Maybe your site would get defaced or whatever, but now we're dealing with all sorts of customer data with all sorts of, I mean, you know, we, I don't have to explain that, right? We all know. APIs that, yeah. have eaten the world <laughs> and they're running your right, pacemaker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly, you know, we, we, we like those little edge cases now, but they get like um, more and more far-fetched because basically everything is becoming a part of it and it's just becoming a part of our lives. But we sort of still keep this, um, this kind of model of perfection at a security layer where it's like, I, I'm going to initiate, um, you know, blocks or defense um, on, on, you know, specific regimented rules that were more or less crafted for kind of a previous era of like web applications and API, APIs and stuff like that. But instead, thinking about and this is what I this is what I love about the adversary stuff. When you're a developer, and so let's let's back up a second. When you're a developer you kind of will craft sometimes like a persona of people that will use your, your application, right? And you say, oh, here they're, they're going to you know, tra- you know, run transactions this way or they're going to be a, they're going to write for the blog or whatever, right? You come up with some personas. But, but now we, through the adversary thing, we're kind of bucketing um, what adversaries are into sort of classes that kind of give us some, some personification around what people are doing to understand uh, how we think about our abuse cases differently. So... Uh, I think that plus adding um, the right instrumentation 
uh, throughout your code base, and it, and it not just you know not just in production, not just in development, but across the whole the whole pipeline. And adding the right instrumentation kind of allows you to have a better insight to to what the what the adversaries are doing, and provide that feedback loop to. Uh, the people that are actually writing the application, or as as the teams yeah. like working together, like that, that well, makes a big sense. That's a big thing. Is the feedback think, and telemetry across teams here? And I think you're right, because the alternative is we find a way to small write small stuff and have unicorns write small stuff that's perfect, mm -hmm. or somehow we actually scale teams to be able to write perfect software and do it within moments every day. And those two things just seem completely sideways from the fact that adversaries are also doing the same thing and they're changing constantly and so that cat and mouse game seems like it's indefinite I think there are ways for ultimately a developer to provide resilience around studying a couple of elements. One is if the adversary is going after a specific part of your application why? Is there a weakness there that you haven't encountered? Um, akin to like the thing I was just recently talking about with SSIDs and being able to exfiltrate data. The guy who wrote Wi-Fi software with SSIDs never imagined that somebody could use that SSID to transmit data by writing two smaller applications right. to leverage it, right? Right, right. So Never would have imagined it. By the way, there's probably not that many security people who would have imagined it. It was kind of shocking to me. And so the, the answer here is that we're constantly going to be in this battle, and ultimately we've got to find a way to stay ahead of it by simply understanding the mechanisms by which we're writing, the abuse case possibilities, and looking for when they actually start to emerge, and essentially having the fast speed that we have to publish software and republish software to our advantage in the security industry. Right. You can use that. You can use kind of the DevOps speed to security's advantage if you have the right telemetry That's coming right. in um, on, on both sides. Yeah, it's not enough just to have the speed with no telemetry, I agree. Yeah. I just had an hour-long talk with Mick Kirsten, and one of the things that we came up with is the possibility of finding a way to educate the CFOs, because these are the people that are actually ultimately going to make the risk assessment and the decision on where to put their money. You say that bad guys are going after things that uh, cost the most to fix. Now that's an interesting perspective when you're talking to a CFO. It is, because essentially what it is is that um, buried deep within an application is something that a bad guy knows will take you years to solve. If you're going to refactor, it's going to be a big deal. And so those are the areas where when you're building a project, you may want to go a little bit slower. You, want to be, you may want to build something a little bit tighter. Or you may even want to find a partner who can provide it with that capability where they've commoditized it, hardened it, uh, ruggedized it, if you will. And I think that's where when you bring in the CFO, which is kind of interesting. I don't have that perspective quite, but it's probably true in many enterprises. I think the CIOs and the CTOs now are realizing that they can't have something happen on their watch. And so they want more confidence that the things that they're leveraging, the component parts that they're leveraging are more resilient. And I'm not sure right now that there are standards to ensure resiliency just yet. Who said it yesterday? He said, build your differentiation by everything else. Yes. And that's that was, that was core right? versus but, context, uh, yeah. right? That's Snover. Yeah, Snover said that, yeah. And I, I think that's, uh, that's key. And adding in um, adding in spots where you can 
where you can get that that understanding is adding an instrumentation or uh, or, or, or anything part of the pipeline. You know, Shannon has some good comments and talks on pipelines that we've done before, but uh, I find any of that like helps you understand what what you're doing and understand like where where you need to take action. Yeah, I think too many companies spend a lot of effort building contextual applications and they don't have enough time or money to do it. What's core to your business is actually where you have to spend most of your time. And what's core to your business is going to have a smaller attack surface as well. The idea of analyzing adversary activity is relatively new. If somebody wanted to take a shot at it, what's the cherry pick? Where are they starting? You know, um, the easiest way to do adversarial interests and in, in adversary um, harvesting is to leverage web applications. They provide the first pickings for a bad guy. Um, even laptops, you know, and phishing and some of those things. Being interested in how many times a day does that happen? Who are they going after? What are you seeing in terms of telemetry in your environment? Those are all really low-hanging fruit. But I, I specifically pick out web applications because if you are a developer, you are a maker who's building something quite often, you're being asked to do something that's on the web, that's in the cloud, that's actually integration between two service providers that are likely cloudy, meaning they're actually either a web API or a web application. And I think that's um, also available from the standpoint of logging and telemetry. There's a bunch of um, open source that you could leverage or even commercial product. I think you've got a great point on the APIs and, and applications. I mean, everyone's using like the web to connect uh, all the other all the other pieces, and a lot of those connections are the vulnerable spots in, in many architectures. Uh, what are what are other things you can do um, that are easy there? Uh, Take a blank sheet of paper and even do an attack map for your application, because yeah. that's how you might build your telemetry. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Like, so there is some. So if you're thinking about it from an application perspective. Uh, Mozilla has the rapid risk assessment, yep. which uh, which kind of will help over time to help you build out a threat model. I think that's a really uh, great tool. I recommend people to use that. Um, I also find any, anywhere where you can add instrumentation around um, uh, discrete events inside of your application, not you, no no anomalous type stuff like you know from error codes to just weird stuff that's happening. Uh, be able to instrument like any sort of attacks that you see coming in from from the outside on on the application, but. The, the third area is like what's your normal and like instrument all those bits because whenever you have an attacker who is doing something like uh, I don't know like account takeover and they're they're you know there's a lot of noise up front with like all the trying to discover it uh, then they um, start trying to uh, uh, then you'll see a spike in like login failures or, or reset passwords or any sort of those sort of like discrete events in your application that don't necessarily mean you're under attack, but like could inside of the con a broader context of what's going on. And then you have a, a fourth thing, which is like a totally innocuous thing under normal circumstance, like you know, you know, putting in a new credit card number or um, changing you know an address or something like that. It's something inside your application. But when you tie all that together, you're like, oh, we're under an account takeover attack right now because you know we've been seeing someone you know work through a user base or a credit card list or, or whatever it is inside of their. You had a time-based slide, mm -hmm. a couple of them there. And as you, in a matter of a millisecond, you can look at one of those slides and say, I need to be looking right there. Because that's this, right. The, the spike the was spike huge. The spike is, it's impossible to miss. And, and, and that's the issue is with the right telemetry. You can see bad guys from good guys. You can see uh, anomalous traffic without having the implication of affecting your current customer base.
This is the DevSecOps Days Podcast. DevSecOps Days Podcast is supported by OWASP, dedicated to enabling organizations to conceive, develop, acquire, operate, and maintain applications that can be trusted. And with support from the Sonatype Nexus platform, allowing companies to automatically control open source risk. 